Good morning and happy Saturday. It is Amanda and Barron with Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. You like what I did there? That was good. <laughs> you got a little twist going on there. I did, I thought. You're gaining your radio voice. Right? I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a little Wolfman Jack going on there. <laughs> that was too fun. Wow. Okay, so this is Amanda and Barron with Kicking Cancer Cares. Welcome to our show. Our sponsor for this segment is Oddmo's Pizza. They seriously have the best pizza in town. If you have not checked them out, they have a few different locations. And Baron was actually telling me last week about their Chicago pizza. He said it's definitely a must-try. Maybe not the healthiest option, but it's your cheat day pizza option. For sure. And, and you mentioned multiple locations. So just a little extra shout-out here for my buddy Mike Sublet. The one on Lancaster is not too far from the station. No, not like at all. Right across the street. He does a lot for uh, like the Freedom Rallies and stuff like oh, that. Also, in uh, uh, just other organizations that are around town, he donates pizza to help them keep going and just supports. And Mike has always believed that what he can give all the time is food. Yes, I and love he, that. He told me early on when he first because they've been doing this. He and his partner Sam have been doing this for like thirty years. Early on. They would put a certain number of pizzas boxes up, and if a pizza was ruined, then that box had to be removed. Right. And whatever was left, they that place was willing to donate to the community. Okay. So it's a way to give back. Run less pizzas, give more away. Right. And right. that was kind of always been Mike's philosophy. But they've got the one here in Lancaster. They got one way out south on Commercial. They have one in Kaiser, Mm -hmm. and then they have another one in West Salem. So they have four locations surrounding this town. Yeah, they're absolutely amazing. So make sure you guys go check them out and show them your love and support. And make sure to tell them that we said hello. Yes, say hi, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Little recap? Yeah. So this recap is going to be a little more extensive because it's going to lead up to the story from last week. Okay. But this whole thing started from a lady who came in studio, Victoria Shin. (gasps) I love Victoria. She's so sweet and kind. Yeah, and her and her story is amazing to listen to. It is. And again, for the listeners that may have missed this, all the podcast services have this. Go back and look for the episode called "The First Follower," and that was the what was the title we gave to Victoria's. But I had met Victoria. She had been with me for about six months, getting this organization up and running. I had the idea to go to Cancer Awareness Weekend. But I didn't even know how to open that door. Like, who do I even start to talk to? Well, she and Lisa Walker were friends. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, I'll go make an introduction. Now, here's the funny part of that story is I went in and I said, how much time do you have, Lisa? Because she's a busy lady. Right. She says, I've got about 15 minutes. So I figured I had 10 minutes to tell her I my idea. So I said, I would like to get involved with Cancer Awareness Weekend. And one hour later, she stopped talking. <laughs> You mean it wasn't you? That's what everybody <laughs> says. I go back to the board of directors. I said, you mean you didn't talk for an entire hour? <laughs> and the funny thing is, she was just telling me about all kinds of stuff, like her kid and, you know, what's going on with the team. And at the very end, she goes, oh, and by the way, yes, you're in for Cancer Wars weekend. <laughs> the pitch was literally just sitting there and not saying anything. So she had more than 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I just knew that she was busy and 15 yeah. was what I was going to get. But right. That's so we, awesome. So we got into Cancer Awareness Weekend That's that funny. first year. And it was, uh, and, but then she reached out and she says, hey, if you know any survivors that would like to talk about the first pitch, you can help me find some survivors. So we stole a story, so, told a story several weeks ago about Rhonda Allen. Nope, oh, yep. Rhonda got off the first pitch there. Mm-hmm. 
And I still remember the look on Rhonda's face afterwards because this is pre-COVID, so there's like 2,000 people in the stands. Right. Just the highlight of her life. Absolutely. Right? That's just a special moment. And then I met this amazing young man named Nolan DeHart. And Nolan threw out the first pitch. Okay. And remember we were talking about the fact that Nolan, Nolan was 27, mm-hmm. and he loved baseball, so he'd been practicing for that first pitch. From the actual pitcher's mount. Right, right. <laughs> but they, went, they won't let him throw from there. Right. So he threw it right over the pitcher, the catcher's head. a boy. Yeah, but he loved that. Well, then I got a story about a girl named Christy Sinclair. And again, I, I met Christy and I met Nolan the day of the game. I had met Rhonda beforehand. But Christy gets there, and she actually got to sing the National Anthem. That's cool. Beautiful singing voice. Oh, I bet. Beautiful singing voice. But what I was talking about in last week was how fast her story occurred. Yes. So That was actually incredible. Quick recap. She goes in for her mammogram on February the 6th, 2019. This is still October. Mm-hmm. Use this as your month, ladies, to get that mammogram. Yes, please. Because she talks about the fact that she's so grateful she did that screening because they caught it and they were able to f- take care of it quickly. Right. If she'd waited one more year or six months or whatever, they may not have, well, they would have caught it, but it would have been more advanced. Yeah. Right? So she goes on the 6th, the 19th, they want to come back for some more tests. On the 22nd, they do a biopsy. They determine, yep, you have cancer. It's a seven millimeter size tuber, which Jeez. is pretty good size. Yeah. And I'm going to test you here. Oh, gosh. So she had IDC. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what that is? It is the in the duct. Yeah, so it's invasive. invasive. Hold on. You didn't give me enough time. Oh, I'm sorry. So it's ductal invasive cancer. Yep. Yep. So it, I, IDC is invasive ductal carcinoma. Oh, car- yep. So you have which it Which right, means cancer. Which means cancer. Okay. Right. And there's a couple of different versions of breast cancer. And I'm so not an expert on all the different versions, but that's a very common version. Right. Right. Um, and, and again, without getting too weird, the ductal region is where the milk is produced. Right. So it's a women's uh, type of cancer. Right. And we'll get into a story in a few weeks about a gentleman who had breast cancer. I, I'm, I look forward to that because yeah. I feel like a, not enough light shined on the men that get breast cancer. Yeah. One of the things I'm trying to point out on our Facebook page is that breast cancer is a region of your body. It's not a gender. Right. It's common right. among females. Yeah. But one in 300 men get breast cancer. And that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Like it or not, guys, you have a breast. Mm-hmm. It's a region of your body. Yeah. So, but But men do not get IDC. Right. Because we do not have a ductal region. Right. So she had I, so she had IDC. She went in for surgery on the 11th of March. They determined that the lymph nodes were clear. So here's test number two. What does that mean, Amanda? It means it is not monostatic. So it has not moved to a different region of the body. It has stayed where it started. Right. Because your lymphatic system moves throughout your whole body. Right. So, so that was great news that she didn't have it in her news, lymph nodes. Great news. If, uh, in my sister's case, they took out 10 lymph nodes and they started testing each other individually, they got to the fifth one and they found cancer in that lymph node. Right. There's no reason to test the others because you've already found one. Right. right? Which means it's there. It Which is. means now it's in the lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. But in Christy's case, it wasn't. On the 9th of May, she began 20 sessions of radiation. That's a lot. So I'm going to jump back even farther, 
earlier this month, we had a guest named Robin Paulison. Yep. And she talked about that. She did not have chemo. She had radiation. Right. But do you remember what she talked about with the effects? Yeah, it gave her kind of like a fog brain. Um, she It, it kind of discombobulated her, if you will. If that's kind of the best way I can describe it. Um, it. She said it was kind of like mushy brain. Yeah. It was like a mushy brain type of effect. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't... She's not like that anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it had a lot of side effects for her. Right. And I, I remember when I talked to Robin, uh, at the time that she went through this, she had a, she had a farm mm-hmm. and horses. And so she leaves the house to head out towards the horses. Then she got there going, why am I here? Yep. Because that mushy brain was starting to kick in. And, mm-hmm. you, and so that's a, that's a side effect of the radiation. Yeah. Uh, but to have 20 sessions of that. Yeah. Do you remember how many Robin had? I don't. I want to say it was a handful. She did have several. I'm not sure she had 20 or not, but right. she did have several sessions. Okay. Um, so she went through those 20 sessions. On the June the 6th, she was done with all that. And on the 29th of June, 2019, she sang the National Anthem. That's awesome. Yeah. And the thing I love within her story, uh, and, and I'm going to find this so I can read it for it directly, but she says in her story that... Let's see where I'm going to find it here real quick. I'm sorry. But I'm so thankful for my team of professionals who wasted zero time getting this taken care of. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear, so she's looking forward to hearing, you made it five years, you are a survivor. That's so exciting. And yeah. so 2019, so she's only got a few more years. Yeah, so she's three and a half years in. She's trucking right along to that five-year milestone. Yep. That's awesome. That's and exciting. again, I've, I've met her twice. I met her the day that she sang the National Anthem. She did the newsletter. I brought her some copies of the newsletter. She was in Corvallis outside of that. Right. To the best of my knowledge, she's just having an amazing life. Just living Corvallis. her best little life cancer-free. Exactly. Woo-hoo. Exactly. So that was our story last week. Yeah. But that's going to lead into... Some things that I want to talk about with our new story. Okay. But let's shock you first. Okay. Because you always like want to do that. Of course. <laughs> well, first, I think it's good to review the things we shocked about last week. Yes. Because even I was slightly shocked at that. Slightly? You better have been more shocked than slightly. <laughs> so last week we talked about um, inflation on drugs. Mm-hmm. And just to quickly recap... In 2005, if anything cost $100, by 2020, everything that we talk about had grown to $130. So the inflationary rate was 132% over that 15-year period of time. Correct. Right? Except drug prices had grown to $303.25, which is a 300%. They grew at a much faster inflation rate. Right. And I still remember the look on your face when I told you what Milk would have been mm-hmm. if it had grown at that rate. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how much a gallon of milk would have been? Twelve seven. Twelve eighty seven. Eighty seven. I knew there was yeah. a seven there. Yep. <laughs> but twelve dollars a gallon, almost $30 a gallon. Yeah. If it had grown at that same rate. That's outrageous. And I think, like I was saying last week, um, that sometimes we don't see those prices and those inflations with the medication because insurance can take care of a good portion of it. But at the end of the day, we are taking, we are paying for that. It's in premiums. It's in y- yeah. changes in deductibles. If they figured it in it, somewhere. Yeah. So it, it's still very much affecting us. Yeah. The other one that kind of shocked me, if, if you had, if tomatoes... 
had grown at that same inflationary rate, mm-hmm. they would be $8.70 a pound now. That's crazy. I bet you that, because a lot of people, I don't think it's, the price isn't in front of people. And so they don't see, you know, or they get it in chunks or, uh, you know, billing and payments. But like at the grocery store, when you see how much a gallon of milk is or how much a pound of tomatoes or bananas is, if that was right there when you walked in at the pharmacy, like this is how much it is monthly, there would be an uproar, a huge uproar. And so it's kind of, they kind of hide it in in a sense. Well, I guarantee you that if you or I walked into Fred Meyer tomorrow and tomatoes were over $8 a pound, would be not buying tomatoes and saying, what's going on with tomato prices? I'd be on uh, strike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> strike for tomatoes right now. Yeah. So that was kind of the shocking stuff in our recap from last week. Right. But there was a statement that, again, we mentioned Robin, and that was such, that was such a fun interview with Robin. That was. When we were down there at the, mm-hmm. the golf course. That was a blast. But she was talking about different studies that were done, and there are no studies on prevention. And right. I, you know, right? And so I decided to do a little digging okay. on, on studies. All right. And so th- I brought this book in before. Yep. Chris Beats Cancer. Chris Beats Cancer. And again, all these all these resources, if you go to kicking-cancer.org, hit the resources tab, these books are on there. You can find these books. Perfect. Chris Wark was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer at 23 years old. Okay. And he beat it using a lot of stuff we're talking about it. So he has a book, he has a website, he has resources for people to help them go through this. Um, but he has a whole section in this book about how heavily medicated our nation is. Oh, I believe it. So he says, we the people are heavily medicated. Half of Americans are taking one prescription drug a month. Mm-hmm. 21% are taking three or more. And 10% of our nation is taking five Drugs a month. That's a lot. It's a lot of drugs a month. That is. Americans now pay twice as much for prescription drugs on average than the citizens of any other developed nation. Say that one more time. Americans now pay twice as much for prescription drugs on average than the citizens of any other developed nation. And now that's the key word is on average. So there's some areas that pay much more yeah. than that. Um that's crazy. I wonder why. The drug industry here is just... It, well, it, if we go back to that little interview we had with Robin, mm-hmm. we talked about the fact that in 1971 there were eight... Prescription, yeah. Eight cancer drugs available. Right. And there are now over 600 cancer drugs available. That's got to tell you something. And then also, if you go even farther back to our podcasts and shows, um, where we're one of three countries that is even allowed to advertise right. pharmaceutical drugs. Right. Three. There's three countries. That is very little. And we are one of them. Yeah. And you start listening to your, watch your TV and, and billboards and it, everywhere. It's almost every other c- commercial on TV is something with some type of pharmaceutical drug. One, one day in preparation for our show, I sat and spent an hour, and I just tracked how many dr- uh, commercials were drugs. Half of the commercials during that hour-long show were of drugs of some nature. Yeah. And the two that shocked me the most, um, and I forget the name of the drug, 
But in the commercial, this gentleman is holding a, a paint lid, like he works at Lowe's or Home Depot, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and his hand is shaking, and the paint lid is shaking. And there's the next one is a lady, like at a waitress, and she's holding your plate, and her hand is shaking. And the commercial says that if you were prescribed medication for um, a mental health situation to try to stabilize your depression, your anxiety, mm-hmm. the side effect from that particular drug were these tremors. Right. And we have a drug for the tremors. Mm-hmm. So the commercial is the drug for the tremors. But I'm like, you're openly admitting that you created a drug for my mental health issue that has a side effect giving me tremors. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to sell me a drug for the tremors. Is it any wonder we're so heavily medicated? Yeah. My son, um, he actually takes a medication that I hear advertised on our radio station. Um, It's not through us. It's through our syndicated programs, the satellite programs. So they advertise through those networks um, and they broadcast through our radio and it's um, Creon. And 10 years ago, so it's... uh, it's like a digestive enzyme, so it helps my son. He doesn't have his duodenum, which breaks down your nutrients and the fats and everything from what you eat and then disperts it properly throughout your body. So he doesn't have that, so he has to forever take these digestive enzymes, Creon. Okay. Ten years ago, his prescription, they don't really give you the price on they used to give you how much it would cost and how much your insurance paid. Now they don't give you that information. Okay. <laughs> um, but 10 years ago, it was over $1,500 a month just for his prescription. Wow. That he has to have. Right. I mean, otherwise, he literally will wither away. Um, he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't have a choice. He 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 ac- he needs that medication to, to survive. Right. Um, and yeah, 10 years ago, $1,500 a month. Wow. Wow. A month. Well, you mentioned commercials on this radio, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure which state. It could have been this station or a different station, but there was a commercial I heard, um, and in the commercial it says that this particular person is observing that if you're overweight um, or you're older or you have asthma or diabetes, that all of these are, are higher risk of COVID and that you should actually go out and make sure you get a, a Vaccine. Mm-hmm. Guess who sponsored that ad? Who? Pfizer. Oh, of, of course. <laughs> and at the very end, it says sponsored by Pfizer. And I'm like, so you're advertising your own drug. You're just sponsoring, like, what is that, for, like, tax write-off purposes? Like, or this what? wasn't like, a public service announcement. Just sponsoring it. Like, what? That is you. Right. <laughs> right. So that commercial led me to do some digging. Okay. So in 2006... So, a little while ago, Mm -hmm. nearly one-third of the 1,534 cancer research papers published in major journals disclosed that the study was either funded by the pharmaceutical industry or conducted by an industry employee. Oh. So, that's about 500 studies that were done that year that were funded by the pharmaceutical industry. How convenient. I mean, any study is going to take money because you've right. got to get people to come in. I mean, they're not doing it for free, right? Right. Someone's got to fund these studies. But these studies were more likely to have positive findings indicating that researchers were biased towards their industry connections. Right. What a surprise. Well, exactly. <laughs> so I work for, you know, company XYZ, and i involved in the study, and the study says I should be taking the drug made by company XYZ. What a shock. Right. That's 
<laughs> that makes it frustrating and hard. Um, it's it's a money thing. It is At truly. the end of the day, it comes down to the money and the finances of it. Yeah. So the other part of this. There's between, more. There's more. Oh. <laughs> there's more. Between 2001 and 2010. So the first one was just that one year alone. Okay. Between those nine years, the number of published journal articles increased by about 44%. Whoa. But the number of scientific papers that had to be retracted increased by a thousand percent. Whoa, I wonder why. So there's publishing a finding that is not accurate. Okay. And they have to retract that, and that grew by a thousand percent. That's a large amount. Yeah, yeah. There, a review of over 2,000 <laughs> retracted papers found that only 21% were due to errors. So again, as you're making a paper, there's a there's an error in mm-hmm. what you're writing, so you got to get rid of that, right? But 67% of the retractions were due to fraud. Oh. Or suspected fraud. Okay. So we're making a claim in a paper that is not accurate, and it's being pooled because of fraud. That's kind of frustrating. What if somebody wouldn't have found that? Thank it- you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What if they wouldn't have found it? Well, and it's like how many papers did slip through. Right. That they, I mean, because for all of those, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, what was the number for just one year? Over 15,000, right? Uh, 1,534 for 2006 alone. Okay, 1,500. Yeah. So imagine that's just one year. So imagine nine years combing through all of those papers and actually looking into it, diving into that information. There's so many. That's, that slipped that's, through the cracks. That is almost 15,000 papers over that nine-year period of mm-hmm. time. There's so many that slipped through the cracks of oh, yeah. fraud. Yeah. I mean, that's um, I'm, I love that they caught some at potential and for sure fraud, but how many slipped through the cracks? And well, why are they pushing out fraudulent things? So, in the second half of our show... <laughs> I'm going to get you're into... me worked up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I was here with Terry, he'd be saying you're pissing me off now, Barry. <laughs> I'm just getting, I'm getting a man all right. worked up. But in the second half of the show, I want to get into a couple of this, the ones that did slip through the cracks. Yeah. And, which So if it slips through the cracks, that means that everything's okay in that study. And then a pharmaceutical industry starts making a drug. Right. And they start actually... Distributing Distributing that drug. And then someone found the problem. Oh, so, and at what cost, though? Exactly. Exactly. And if you think about anything besides drugs. So you go to Costco and they say, this car seat for a child has been recalled. Mm-hmm. Or um, this car, you know, this car had a problem and so it's being recalled. Recalls occur quite often. Right. Because you're mass producing something and all of a sudden someone goes, oh, we missed something. And then you got to get that product back. Right. Except that product is a drug that has such high consequences for being a problem. Right. And so in our efforts to produce more drugs, going from that eight in 71, right. in that producing more drugs, more stuff's falling through the cracks, and at what cost? Yeah. They're just flooding the market with those, and then, and, and yeah, at what cost? And we're the most heavily medicated nation in the world. That's crazy. So, we are, huh? Yeah. Well, if I go back to what he said early in this little section, he says... Um, Let's see. Half uh, we are the most heavily medicated nation. Half Americans take one drug. Wow. So we yeah. Twenty one percent take three. Ten percent take more than five. Americans now pay twice as much for drugs as any other nation. So we're the most heavily medicated nation in the world. Yeah. 
And we've allowed pharmaceutical companies to just keep making stuff, making stuff, making stuff. That's crazy. That's frustrating. It's very frustrating. That's super frustrating. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a money thing, I feel like. And it's like, well, why would we ever need that much drugs? Why, why do we, how did we go from eight medications for cancer to over 600? Why is there a need for 600 different options? Right. In that article that I referenced last week from ARP, it lists the five drugs that had the highest increase, you know, inflationary increase. Right. Three of those five were specifically for blood thinner, but they're three different drugs from three different manufacturers. Right. The other two are for diabetes. Like, why can't we master that one or those few? You know, I mean, I, a few different options per diagnosis, sure. But you're giving so many different options. It's like, well, what's wrong with this one? Is there something wrong with that one that yeah. makes it to where the, what's, what's better about this one and not that one? And if this one's better, then why isn't that one off the market? And in the end of the day, doctors don't have time to do tons and tons of research. So they, they take the word of the rep that walks in and talks to them. Right, absolutely. And they're just there to sell. Yeah, that's their job. All right. <laughs> I got y'all fired up now. <laughs> you did. Okay. We are going to take a break and we will be right back after this. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Oddmo's Pizza. You are listening to KSLM Radio on 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. You like that? I did. That was good. <laughs> Thank you.